Good morning. Today, Bezrat Hashem, we will be learning Daf Chavav in Masecha Sukkah. Welcome back from our uh, little summer hiatus. There'll be a couple more uh, coming up, but we are excited and happy to be here. And we do requests. And Barry has requested that we pick up where we left off, uh, where uh, somebody left off in yesterday's year, Tanarabanan, which is the second line up from the bottom of Chavhei Amud Bez. So I had an observation. By the way, the sugis were amazing, right? Ha'oisik b'mitzvah, potter min mitzvah, amazing things. Rabbi Gross Shlita points out, why oisik b'mitzvah, potter min mitzvah? Why learn that halacha? That halacha presumably is applicable to all mitzvahs, right? Now, if we're going to get down to the nitty gritty, we probably have to uh, make a chart because what does it mean to be oisik b'mitzvah, right? What does it mean to be potter from all mitzvahs, right? So, for example, what kind of mitzvahs? If you're wearing tzitzis, <laughs> does that mean that you don't have to, right, do any shake lulav, right? The, the, these are, these are uh, obviously things that need to be analyzed and deserve their own chorifzman, if not, you know, their own elzman, certainly, if not a full chorifzman, uh, just for that Indian. But it is interesting to consider why it would come up in sukkahs. And we were learning Dav Chavav, which we're about to learn, and we'll see there are a lot of different aspects of sukkah, of the mitzvah of sukkah, that are, are quite unique. You have to be in the right, not emotional mode, because that's the one thing where you're expected to be in the mood, if you can be, uh, emotionally, such that, you know, right, even if you're in Avelis, you're going to sit in the sukkah, okay? Uh, even if Sfina Tav Abayam, Right, if chas v'shalom somebody uh, is in avelus or somebody uh, has any other kind of distress, right? So you're expected emotionally to be able to overcome that and to have zman sim chasenu and to go into the sukkah. But anything physical, like you're on the road or you're osik b'mitzvah or you're mitzta'er, as we'll see, right? Or you're preoccupied or you have to take care of somebody who's sick, right? Or you're uh, one of the watchmen of the city, right? All of these other uh, uh, considerations are going to make you potter from the mitzvah um, in the sense that it seems that the sukkah is supposed to be aspects of either Kain Taduru or really more specifically this idea that a person who is mitzvah physically uh, it's not the idea the idea is you're supposed to enjoy I don't know um, I, had, I had different ways of formulating it but the idea is that unless you can write Enjoy the sukkah experience, and it's the and the sukkah is physically um, going to replicate what the home experience would be in a comfortable way. Then you're not chayiv in that mitzvah. So I had suggested to Rabbi Gross in a separate voice note that that might be one of the reasons why the osik b'mitzvah pater min a mitzvah is mentioned dafka by sukkah because we do have sort of a compendium of. Turim for this particular mitzvah saseh, and since we have such a long list, so maybe it's just part of that long list, and so it's introduced in the context of sukkah. To which I got a response that might even be emes, which I'll take. I'll take that. Uh, he said that that could be a pshat. That could be a pshat. Uh, but it is fascinating, right? Because it is a mitzvah. Um, uh, that is unique, and so we're very fortunate to be learning it. Indeed, we did have one line I didn't want to. Uh, I didn't want to overlook from Chafhei. Uh, I felt bad that I didn't get a chance to, to. Aside from all the interesting things, it was a fascinating. Daf yesterday uh, was the idea of Ein Simcha Ela Suda. 
the quintessential Jewish idea uh, that, right, we, we made the suggestion that maybe we just shouldn't, right, maybe we should, ju- shouldn't, uh, right, we had the conundrum, which we'll start with in the second lineup from uh, the bottom of and Bays, the conundrum of having the Sukkot wedding. How can you have the wedding on Sukkot? And so we ended up saying that Reb Zera, he said, what do you mean? I, my wedding was on Sukkot and it was great. Right, we we had the suda and the sukkah, and then we went back to the dira, and it was the best. I had I had my cake and ate it too, as it were. Right, I was able to have the kavina tarte. I had to get to do both mitzvahs of of being married, newlywed and also eating in a sukkah. But the uh, the concept that the simcha of sukkah or the simcha of the, of, of the wedding um, celebration uh, would not be would not be a simcha without food, is a quintessential Jewish idea. So anyway, in that, uh, in vain of, with that background, we can continue with the Taner Rabbanon. So says the Gemara, Taner Rabbanon, Chasan ve'ashushvinin v'chol b'nei chupa, p'tur minat fila, minat filin v'chayavim b'kriyashma. Okay. So Rashi is going to explain like this, that this is similar to what we were talking about, about uh, the idea of the wedding party, Right, being putter, but this is not a sukkah idea. This is a general idea now of what the wedding party is going to be putter for. So, as, as Rashi explains, why should the entire wedding party be putter from tefillah? The bayi kavana. We're talking about members, right? The chasan kala, <clears throat> but in this case, specifically the chasan and all of his groomsmen, right? They need the kavana. A lot of these gemaras uh, that we're learning now are obviously going to be talking about a time where the wedding sort of uh, preparations and dynamics were a little bit different in terms of right, what everybody's responsibility was. And also, tefillah and kavana and tefillah was different, right? We're talking about today where halavai, we should have the kind of kavana that they had when they were distracted. But in those days when the expectation was that you'd have this pure, focused kavana, then that's why you're part of from tefillah, right? This is not... This just has to do specifically with tefillah that because you are preoccupied, then you are exempt from tefillah. That's what Rashi is saying here. So again, you're partying and therefore you're going to be part from tefillah because tefillah require a certain pristine right mindset and you don't have it when you're wearing. In those days, again, even with regards to tefillin, it was more common, as we will see, that people wore tefillin all day. I once uh, traveled on El Al and saw Rav Chaim Pinchas Scheinberg's at Sal, uh board the plane and get off on the plane wearing tefillin. I said to his son, who I knew, I said, what's, uh, what's going on? He said, <laughs> he said he was learning the whole time. He said, some, I don't remember the exact number. He said he went, he chazed Masechas Nida some crazy number of times while he was during that flight. He was awake the entire flight learning because all the other time he's bothered by people all the time. Um, and he's, um, and so he doesn't have a chance. But here, he's on the plane. Nobody bothers him. He's in first class. And so it's a quiet time. So he looks forward to his travels. He used to schlep him in, in, when he was a hundred. Uh, or close to 100, they used to schlep him all over the world to raise money for the yeshiva, but he actually was able to learn when he was on the plane the entire time. Incredible, incredible, just the, the level of the gedolim are on. Uh, so I said, so which, which movie did he watch? Oh, no, I didn't ask him that. Anyway, so, okay, so, 
V'chayavin b'kriyashma. Oh, but see, in other words, kriyashma, so if you're, if you don't have the mindset for tefillah, why would you have the mindset for kriyashma? So Rashi explains, the bitzas kavanasa ain't noel b'pasuk rishon, v'chayon l'ishivdat an shakhtan k'day l'ikor pasuk rishon. So you see, for the kriyashma, they can focus for that one sentence, fascinating, right, side note that you learned that the mitzvah of kriyashma were the kavana. So, what do we say mitzvah tzrichas kavana, mitzvah enam tzrichas kavana? Does that factor in here? But here, as far as uh, kriyashma, so there has to be some kavana with aspects of tefillah. Even if you hold mitzvahs lo tzrichas kavana, what is tefillah if not kavana, right? So, when it comes to kriyashma, you have to have the kavana, but really only for that first pasuk. And for that moment, they can have kavana. So, with regards to that, they can focus enough to make that a oisik b'mitzvah patram and a mitzvah issue, right? Ah, so once it's an oisik b'mitzvah patram and a mitzvah issue, so then we go back to the idea that what? That really the rest of the wedding party, they're going to be, they're not going to be patram because they're not really oisik b'mitzvah and Torah the same way, Torah in issue of mitzvah the way the chasen is. So the Tanakhama here is, and the Tanakhama is going to say that everybody is going to be, right, chayev and kriyashma, including the chasen. And now, as we finally arrive with Chavav Aleph, we have the opinion of Rav Shilah. And then, Mishum Rav Shilah, Amru, Chasan Pater, Bashashvin, Rechobnei Chupa, Chayavin. So, as Rashi explains, this is specifically with regards to Kriyashma. In other words, Rav Shilah is going to agree, right? He's going to concede that the whole wedding party doesn't have enough Kavana, and thus is going to be Pater, Minat Tefillah, and they're going to be parting, so they're going to be Pater from Tefillin. However, the chasan, that's the, right, the, the question here is the chasan specifically with regards to Kriyashma. According to the Tanakama, the chasan is going to be, right, potter from Kriyashma. Uh, uh, we said, according to the Tanakama, right, v'chayavin b'kriyashma, rather. According to the Tanakama, this also is a machlokas in the Rishonim. What, what, uh, what, which of these ideas applies to which? But the cleanest way, I think, to learn this Gemara is like Rashi, which is to say that according to the Tanakama and according to Rav Shelah, right, the wedding party is going to be putter from tefillin and tefillin. That everybody would agree, right? They're partying and they're not focused. Forget about tefillin and tefillin. However, Kriyashma, according to the Tanakama, the chasan is going to be, right, chayev like everyone else in Kriyashma because of the fact that, that what? Because he should be able to focus. But Rav Sheila is going to say that the chasan is pater from Kriyashma because of oisik b'mitzvah pater min mitzvah. Right? He's oisik, right? As Rashi says, Mishum Rav Sheila, Amru chasan pater min Kriyashma, the Tarid, Bishar b'nei chopacha yavin, v'leisel l'hait naya, oisik b'mitzvah pater min mitzvah. Right? So this idea of oisik b'mitzvah pater min mitzvah, this tirda. Tirdas mitzvah is only applicable to the chasan because even though the wedding party is in the wedding party and even though they're partying and they are preoccupied, they should have enough, right, kavana just for that first pasuk in Kriyashma. Masha'en came the chasan because of the tirdas mitzvah of the fact that he's about to get married, right, um, because of that tirdas mitzvah, he should be putter. He's the only one that's going to be putter even from the Kriyashma, according to Rav Shela. Wow. Okay.
So, so Barry points out beautifully at the end of Chafayim Beis. There's a last toast. There's two line toast. It says, "V'chayavim bekreishma ki the pirush b'kuntres the mitzvahs kavanasa eno ela b'pasuk rishon bechon liyashiv daiten shak tana kadei lekor pasuk rishon." So, what Barry's pointing out is that Tosfos is paying homage to Rashi, quoting Rashi, right, and that not arguing. Amazingly, usually he'll quote Rashi and he'll smash him to smithereens five ways to Sunday. <laughs> Here's quoting Rashi, and he says, get a parish for countries. So that's our Gorana where it's a Muslim moment. We see that Tosfos is not just a gratuitous Rashi basher, right? The sincerity of the Balei Tosfos. Um, now, in, in fairness, so, so the question is, if he's all he's doing is, so first of all, it's more... It's, it's more the exception, not the norm, just to quote Rashi. And the question would be, why would Tosfos do that if you already have Rashi saying that? What's the point of, I mean, are we just like throwing Rashi a bone? So I think the answer is that uh, this is not L'chol Adeus. There are many Rishonim who hold, right, because we have a lot of moving parts here. We have Osig Mitzvah, Patur and Mitzvah. We have the Shishvinin and the Chasan. And, it, the, and, and the truth is that the way the Gemara reads, it can be ambiguous, right? Is this, each part could be referring to the entire wedding party and you don't have to split out the chasen, you don't have to split out Kriyashma. Some of it could be referring to, maybe it's talking about that the chasen should be potter from all of it, right? In other words, when Rab Sheila says chasen, chasen potter, right? It, he might mean that the chasen's potter from everything or he might, and when it says vashishvanin b'chob chayavin, could be Rab Sheila holds that they're also chayavin tefillah and tefillin, Right? So, at each step of this, there's ambiguity, so maybe Tosfos is singling out that I'm with Rashi on this, you know, uh, as, a fo- as opposed to other Rishonim. So that could be the reason why Tosfos is singling out, that he agrees with Rashi on that. But I agree with you, I don't see, you know, it could be Rabbi Safrishly to tease out a difference here between Rashi and Tosfos, but I don't see, I, it sounds like the Kedipirish Makuntras, that Rashi, uh, that Tosfos is understanding Rashi the way we understood Rashi. Um, Okay, so, yeah, it's a great point. Right, right, so now we know, whenever we see all the other Tosfos that, that don't agree with Rashi, the sincerity, obviously. We, we presumed that there was sincerity anyways. But the point is, they're not just trying to quote Rashi in order to bring him, they're not building him up to put him down. Uh, the the uh, sincerity of trying to get to the of shot here, as we do. Okay, beautiful. Okay, so moving on. So now we're going to talk about... Um, a little bit more now of Oisik Mitzvah. Tanya, Amar Rav Chananya Ben Akavya, Kosvei Sfarim Tefillin Mezuzos, right? So this is f- unbelievable. So you have the Sofrei Stam. What's the mitzvah here? Well, you have to write it, but it's a Chiddush, right? Because the, is, is writing Sifrei Stam a mitzvah? Maybe it's like a Hechsher mitzvah. But be that as may, Hain, Visagrehen, and even, look at this. This is certainly not a mitzvah. The merchants, Right? Sometimes you have the mezuzah mensch, so he happens to write his own, his own uh, stuff, uh, mostly, in, uh, in Ramat Bechemesh. But even, even he, right, is, is selling stuff from other people. The sagre sagrein, and not only that, right, the guys, right, the guys on the way to the Kotel, or whatever, uh, that, are sell, that, that aren't making any of their own stuff, but they're selling stuff that other Sofrim wrote. Well, wow, that's already a wide net. Right, um, I was speaking to a neighbor of mine who has a lot of obligations. So I said, "Wow, the Osik Mitzvah Putum and Mitzvah." We were talking Daf because I know he's learning Daf. So he was saying, "Yeah, I mean, if you if you widen enough, 
the, the net of oiskin lecha shamayim, uh, then you can really be potter from a lot of mitzvahs, right? So this is where you really have to zero in, and we don't have time to do it, but I mean, this is where you really have to zero in. How wide is this net of oiskin b'mlecha shamayim? And how many mitzvahs does that potter you from? <laughs> right, but at least we have this concept, right? In the background of this brysa, we have Rav Hanan ben saying that anyone who's oiskin b'mlecha shamayim is going to be potter min mitzvah. Wow. Now, What's called oiskin mimlecha shemaim? So it may not mean everything. The Gemara is going to say la suye right? That what it's trying to include here is not just those who sell the sefeistam, but even who sell the tzitzis. Ah, so here we see the right the source. Here it's referring specifically to the tchelas of tzitzis, an entire sugya and perikat tchelas of menachos in itself, right? We were just talking on Shabbos with my brothers-in-law because we were together for Shabbos. We we're talking about tchelis because the Satmer uh, guy who was who was leading the minion had a uh, tchelis. Rav Shechter Shlita, uh, of course, wears tchelis. The idea that tchelis has a deoraisa upside and no downside. There's no downside to wearing tchelis uh, So even if it's not the real tchelis, you have the potential deoraisa upside of wearing tchelis. Um, but be that as it may, so in those cases, again, so that's the source of the idea that you should wear, you should sell tzitzis in the farm store, right? Uh, that's where we get it. So even them who are selling tzitzis, or even them who are selling tzitzis for tzitzis, are pturin mikriyashma minatfilo minatfilin. So that's a whole discussion in Rishonim itself. Okay, so if once you have mikholam mitzvah samur and betorah, why are you singling out kriyashma tfilin? Tfilin? Okay, that's an interesting question. Um, it could be that it's echoing what we said before, right? All the mitzvahs we said before. Uh, could be could be other reasons that these are three different examples of mitzvahs, right? Very a lot, a lot to unpack here, as they say. But it, but be that as it may, this is what I would call right the most extreme application of a oisik b'mitzvah patar min mitzvah, right? As the Gemara continues to say, the kaim diver rebiosi haglili shayir rebiosi haglili oimer. So now you could say you've seen the, the top of Chavavam at Aleph, and you have seen the Brisa that takes this concept of Rabbi Yossi Aglil of Oisik B'mitzvah, Pater B'mitzvah, to its absolute extreme. That even, right, that even Tigray Tigrayim, that <laughs> any, right, any in mitzvah involvement potters you from any other mitzvah. Kriyashma, Tfilin, like the most basic, right, uh, mitzvah. So, Obviously, this needs to be uh, analyzed, like I said, in, in great depth. Um, but at least at the very basic level in our shot of the Gemara, we could see at least a reference to the most extreme application of Oisik B'mitzvah, Pater Mitzvah, and everything else would have to be explained against that backdrop, right? How are we going to modify it down from there, right? Okay. Um, fine. So now... Uh, right, the more, the more classic cases that we learned when we were learning brachos was, you know, you, you, Zman Kriyashma is coming, right? It was easier when we were learning it then, right? Zman Kriyashma is coming, and you're learning, like we do every day, you know, and, and, and you have, and you have, EF Shalakayim Shnehem, right? And you really have a conundrum of one or the other, as we mentioned in yesterday's daf, right? Why do you need to learn it with respect to Kriyashma? And also with respect to when you consider the sources, why do you have to also learn it with respect to what the, the original source of Pesach Sheni, right? When you're Oisik in the Mace Mitzvah, uh, right? So that's already all uh, yesterday's daf when we were introduced to this concept. Um, 
be that as it may, right, you'd have to plug it back in here and reconcile all of these different sources. So it's a, it's a juicy sugya to say the least. Okay. But we must continue. So Tanur Rabbanon. Uh, let's talk more about Isaac Mitzvah Patsuk Mitzvah. Um, okay. So these people are going to be Holche Drachim. So are they, are they Osik in the Mitzvah? So let's see. If you are walking, traveling by day, then Peturim Minasuka Bayom. Right? Um, so the truth is, this not, doesn't necessarily have to be a Mitzvah, but we'll see. So if, you, if you're tra- a day traveler, as Barry is. So he's putter from sitting in the sukkah during the day. But at night, when you come home, you're going to have to sleep in the sukkah. Right? So everybody, whenever it is that you're customarily going to be uh, traveling, so then you're putter. However, but if it's a, so if you're a day traveler or a night traveler, so then during that time, you're not going to be chayav. And presumably the chiddush here is, the way it sounds, is that just because your putter in the day doesn't mean that you putter for the entire 24-hour cycle of that day, right? That you're going to be, right, chayiv when you get home. However, if you're a day and a night traveler, you're going to putter in Gansen and holchen ledvar mitzvah, so at the end it says that if you're holchen ledvar mitzvah, and here's the chiddush, right? So if the habituation is that you're a traveler, so you only get the tour during that time slot that, that you're typically traveling. Masha Ainkane, in contrast, if you're going for a mitzvah, and this is what Rashi spells out directly, that Hochen Ladvar Mitzvah Turn Bayom Belaila, Afa Picha Ain Hochen El Bayom. And we show him the treatment with the Agim, Machshevis and Mitzvah, every Lushan in Rashi, every word is gold. Because you're what? Preoccupied and nervous or, or, or stressed out in your Machshevis Ha Mitzvah, Uvis Sikuneha, right? In performance of the mitzvah, in making sure that everything is to the detail, pturin min ha mitzvah. Wow! So it's again an amazing thing that part of the preoccupation, we'll call it, with the mitzvah is that you're not only preoccupied with it during the time that you're on your way to perform it, but even at night you're thinking about it. And so, unlike travel to Harrisburg or wherever it may be, where it's only when you're in it that you're thinking about it, but then when you get home, you forget about it and you're just thinking about daf, right? Or I'm sure even while on your way, you're thinking about daf. But the point is that uh, whenever it's for a shame mitzvah, so then it's assumed that the preoccupation does in fact apply to the entire 24-hour cycle and you're going to be putter from in a mitzvah even at night, let's say, even though you're traveling is only during the day. Unbelievable expansion of the, of the, of, um, the concept of definition of osik b'mitzvah being... In fact, more expansive than just the moment that you're actually physically performing the mitzvah, but expanding it to the time that you are preoccupied with, with it. And that's consistent with what we say by a chasan, right? We said by a chasan, right, he's obviously not, uh, let's say the mitzvah is puravu. Uh, so, so he's not obviously not involved in the physical action of puravu the entire time leading up to it, the entire day, let's say, right? The entire, or the entire week of Shavrachas or whatever it is, but he is preoccupied with it, right, in terms of his kavana, and therefore that's considered osik b'mitzvah. That certainly seems to be what the Gemara is saying, that osik b'mitzvah has to do with the mental preoccupation as well. Wow. So that... Yes. So I can understand you're involved in the 
often right now where you're just going to the place where you need to redeem these captives, your mind is preoccupied. Right. But uh, on the other hand, uh, you're going to uh, find a place uh, you don't have any fill in, you're going to do the midst of fill in. Right. Is your mind going to be involved in the same way? Yeah, Barry's bringing up an unbelievable point. And I think, I think the Gemara is going to, uh, in a sense, uh, I don't know if it's going to answer your question, but it's going to address your question, which is, as Barry's pointing out, you know, not every trip to do a mitzvah requires the same level of preoccupation, right? Some, some things, so you can understand with a chassan, right? <laughs> he's he's or l'chuppah. He hasn't talked to a girl his entire life, and he's kind of freaked out, right? He doesn't know what, what to expect. And so it's a mind trip. Right, literally and figuratively, right? And so his mind is elsewhere, and so you can't be expected, and it's acceptable, and it's right, and 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 uh, one could expect him to be uh, to be preoccupied. But whatever, you're going to buy an estrog, so you're going to buy an estrog. I mean, you're on your way. So 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 what? You can't you can't focus on on Kriyashma because you're on your way to buy an estrog. Uh, it, it has to be has to be that the Rishonim make that chiluk. And certainly the postkin would have to make that chiluk, but we are um, we're seeing like some of the right the the uh, main the locus classicus right we're seeing like the raw source material that then has to be organized into what has to be halachically uh, to your point right uh, organized in a way that not all mitzvahs are the same. Barry's bring up what I think is an essential point, which is that not all preoccupations with mitzvah are the same. Your your drive to the Astro should not be that different. Or maybe that's a Goranowitz Musser moment. Who drives to the to the Astro salesman? The say, it should be different than your drive to buy a bagel. You know what I mean? You drive to get a a, a a carton of milk or a bag of milk, as it were, in Israel. Right? If you're driving to get a bag of milk in Israel, your mindset is totally different. Then you drive to buy a lulav. Because when you're driving to buy a lulav, you're totally preoccupied. Maybe you could say that. Or maybe you could say, no, that this traveling, uh, different, uh, depending on how much you're, pre- you're expected to be preoccupied, could depend on the mitzvah. So let's see this next piece in the Gemara. You would think that this next piece of the Gemara would be uh, along the lines of, of a joyful travel where you wouldn't necessarily have to right, invest any emotional energy in the travel part, and yet they're put them in a mitzvah. Listen to this. A story. It was Cholamite Sukkis, Shabbos, and typically on Shabbos, the Reish Kalusa would give a drasha, so they're on their way to Ashir. And on their way, Havuganu Arakta Dasura. They're sleeping on the riverbanks of Sura. They don't bother, right, to sleep in a sukkah. And what was their reasoning? So you could say, oh, well, the reasoning is, well, we don't have a portable sukkah and we can't put it up on Shabbos anyway. But no, they could bring a portable sukkah. They could put it up on Arab Shabbos and then leave it and then proceed on to their way, right, uh, to go to the shear and then come back and disassemble it or whatever after sukkahs. They could have made those arrangements, but they didn't bother. Why? Un- uh, didn't bother may not be the right lashon, but they did not do so. Why? We're on our way to the shear. That's a mitzvah. And therefore, we're Patrim in a sukkah. So, I, I don't know, Barry. You know what I mean? Like, why do you have to be, you have to be you're so preoccupied with the mitzvah of going to the shear that you don't have to sleep in the sukkah? So, it, we see an extreme application of this that it doesn't, 
seem to almost matter what the mitzvah is. Is going to a shear something? Maybe. So you, maybe you could say, right? And I think that you'll find Mepharshim that will explain it both ways is what I'm saying. That's why there's a lot uh, here that could almost be graphed um, in terms of uh, boxes of what they would say. But one way to say it would be, well, you're on your way to Yashir and you're so preoccupied with the Torah that you're going to learn that you're a potter in a mitzvah and it's that preoccupation that potters you, right? But our Gemara, on its surface at least, seems to clearly be saying that it's not, the, in other words, like this, why is an Osek B'mitzvah on his way potter for the mitzvah? Is it because you're preoccupied with the performance of that mitzvah? Or is it simply because you're on your way and you're sort of uh, osik in the surf, most surface sense? You're literally just physically, you know, doing, you're physically doing something that is associated with the mitzvah and, and it's in, right, it's in preparation for the mitzvah and therefore you're not going to, uh, Allow it. You know, a way of saying it is, you know, one of the svaras, if you're going to get into the logic of Osek B'mitzvah, Patr Mitzvah, it's almost like, well, this is something that you're on your way to doing, and you're already performing a mitzvah. So who's to say that you're allowed to be distracted and give priority to a different mitzvah? That, doing so, might imply that one mitzvah is more important than another. And so if you're already sort of in motion towards one mitzvah, then it's disrespectful to the mitzvahs to say that one mitzvah is going to now take precedent over the other. So once you say that, you know, then it just becomes a mishmash of how are you going to apply it, right? So we're on our way, on our way to hear a shir. So going into sukkah, uh, if it takes you out of that in any form of way, is that like almost disrespectful to say like, oh, we're on our way to hear a shir, but the mitzvah of sukkah is more important, so we're going to prioritize it now? These are the kinds of questions you have to ask yourself when you're applying these, these, uh, these concepts. Really, really, really fascinating. So, yeah, okay. So now we're going to get into, as we said before, what are some of the other, um, what are some of the other Peturim from the mitzvah? Says the Gemara, Tanar Abana. So, for the mitzvah of Sukkah, right? It's not just Oisik mitzvah, Patrim and a mitzvah. Listen to this one. Tanar Abana. Shomri ha'ir bayom, Peturim and a Sukkah bayom, bechayavan belayla. These are the city guards, the Shomrim. So they're guarding the city. So when you are guarding the city, um, you have to be focused. And therefore, that is, so what? Is that a mitzvah? So no, this has nothing to do with Osik mitzvah. This has to do with the fact that you have an obligation to do something. And, and so when you have that obligation, you have to be focused on it. And therefore, it's not going to be teshu kedur. Let's see. So again, if you are a night watchman, you're going to be punter for sukkah at night, right? If it's during the day, you're going to be potter by day, v'chayav and belayla, and chayav at night. Shomer belayla, if the obligations are in the night, p'turim and asukah belayla, v'chayav and bayom, you're going to potter at night and chayav during the day. Shomer ir ben bayom ben belayla, p'turim and asukah ben bayom ben belayla. So it's very straightforward, right? If you are a night watchman and a day watchman for both, so you're going to potter all 24 hours. However, shomer ganos of pardesim, p'turim ben bayom ben belayla, and those who guard gardens and orchard, they're going to be potter both day and night as well. So why ganos upardesim? They because those they can't move at all. If you watch gardens and orchards instead of a city, you're putter altogether all the time. Because that, that's what she says, right? The Gemara is going to explain that why they're not going to be why they're not going to be putter at all. So the Gemara is going to say, wait a minute, make sukkahs over there. What are we talking about? You're a shomer, so put up the sukkahs in the place where you're being shomer, and therefore. Uh, once you make the sukkah, then you're going to be able to 
um, stay there and right have your cake and eat it too. Guard the place and also sit in a sukkah. So Abaye Amar, Abaye and Rav are going to have two separate reasons as to why these shomrim are put from sukkah. Abaye is going to say Teshu Ka'in Taduru. That it's because he doesn't have a Taduru. Which is to say, Shomrim, says Abaye, this is, uh, I'll just say it outside uh, for, for sake of time. Shomrim don't stay in normal residential circumstances. They're always like in some sort of non-residential, half-residential type of hut, right? We'll call it that, right? A half-residential situation, which means that year-round, right? Um, and, and so Abaye is saying that this brisa basically is just describing accommodations. If you're a typical accommodation, it's like you're an astronaut. So you're, you're, in, you're in space for like three years, right? So you don't have typical accommodations. So you're not chayv in sukkah. Okay, so that would be like, like an analogy, right? These shomrim don't really sleep the way you and I sleep in a residential situation. And therefore, they don't have a, t- a ke'en taduru. That's the point. They have no ke'en taduru. They, taduru, they don't have. They happen to not be these kind, they happen to be the types of human beings. They're Tarzan, let's say, right? So he doesn't have a sukkah that's going to resemble his home because he's out in the, right, he's out in the trees, he has no, he literally has no Ka'in Taduru and therefore has no Chiv Sukkah. That's a fascinating idea. Okay, that's Abaya's approach. Rava Amar, Pirza Kora Laganov. That the idea is like this. It's very pragmatic, as we've seen this already. The, um, so Rava is very pragmatic. We, you know, we, we've, we've done since Brachas already, we've tried to do the light cycle analysis pop on, on Rava and Abaya. But Rava is pragmatic here, and he's going to say that, uh, you know, in order to have an effective guardhouse, it needs to have 360, right, view where you can really see everyone because you're really watching over things. So that kind of uh, gets taken away if you plop a sook on top of it. Then all the Ganavim are going to see that this guy's view is compromised, and they're going to take advantage, and they're going to start stealing everything very pragmatic reason why you can't put up a sukkah because if you stick a sukkah on top of the, of the, of the 360, you're going to obstruct view and therefore you're going to be inviting uh, Ganavim. So then they're going to say, what's an afkim? My benayu. So you can benayu the commenter karya de peri. Yeah, if you're watching a pile of fruit, since you're able to watch him, it's not a big, you don't need a 360 view. It's right in front of you. So then even if you have a sukkah, you can still see the pile of fruit. And therefore, Rava is not going to have a problem with popping a sukkah on top of that. But the whole issue of not having a, resid- a typical residence, that lumdus is still going to apply to Abaye. And therefore, you would have a nafkamina. Fine. So that is one aspect. The Kain Tadura aspect. How about the next one? Choylim and Misham Shehem. So this was uh, the next halacha in the Mishnah. Right? So this is going to be a little bit of a mitzvah of Potter Minnesota. Tanar Banan. Says the Bryce, Cholesh Amru, Lo Cholesh Yeshba Sakana. Right? This is not, uh, right? This is not a Sakanas Nefashas issue. That certainly, if a person is, has Sakanas Nefashas to stay outdoors, that certainly would be Potter. That has nothing to do with what we're talking about here. But rather, El Afil Cholesh Ainba Sakana, Afil Chosh Be'enav, Afil Chosh Be'rosho. Right? You're not feeling it. You're not feeling physically up to it. So you're a potter from the sukkah. So that's a chiddush, right? It's a separate chiddush that applies, right, specifically to sukkah. And a story. I'm Rabbi Shimon Gamliel. Pamachas chashti be'ena be'kesari. I had an eye-ache in kesaria, right? V'hiti Rabbi Yosi Beribi lishon ani umisham shichutz l'sukkah. Beribi is like a way of saying that he was a big gadol, right? Yosi ha'chacham charif shabadoro. That's what you call the gadol adar. Says Rashi, and he let me, the God of the Lord let me 
and all my, my entourage sleep outside the sukkah. Thus, right, illustrating the idea that a mitzvah is part of the sukkah. Okay, so Rav Sharla Rav Acha, another story, Bardila, Rav, rather, Sharla Rav Acha Bardila, Rav allowed Rav Acha Bardila lemigna bechilta besukkah, to sleep under a canopy under a sukkah. Why? Mishum bake, mosquitoes, right? It was a mitzvah. Again, this is, this is an idea that typically, so the question is, if the mosquitoes were bothering everybody, so then why would he even, why don't you just go inside? So there's some shitas that say that you could be yaitse in a canopy under a sukkah. That's a machlokas. Ah. So in other words, Rav, Rav allowed Rav Achabadullah to sleep under the canopy and said, you know what? Yes, you want to be sort of like, you could sleep inside, but you know what? Maybe you could be able to see something under a canopy outside, but be that as it may, you don't have to, right, uh, take chances with the mosquitoes because then you'd be mitzvah. So definitely cover yourself up. Rav, Sharle le Rabbi Achabarada, le Mingabar Mimitatala, to sleep outside the sukkah altogether, Mishum de Sircha de Gargishta, right? The white sand in that particular, right? Gargirim, or grains of sand. Um, under, in that particular sukkah, it was a smelly sort of like sukkah, and therefore, obviously, you don't have to stay in, in that situation because you're mitzvah. Now, Ravala Tameh, Rava makes sense. Da Rava mitzvah poter menasukah. So there it is. Finally, we see this other consideration that a mitzvah is in fact poter menasukah. I v'ha anan tenan cholim misham shem poter menasukah. But our mission has said that the chola is poter menasukah. Chola in mitzvah low. It sounds like you have to be a chola. That mitzvah is certainly a lower threshold. Like certainly, if a mitzvah is poter menasukah, why do we even have to learn chola? Right. That's the stira. So says the Gemara. No. Amrei chola hu misham shem poter. Here's the idea. That chola, once a person's sick, you don't leave him alone, right? You usually have his attendants with him, right? You people like gather around and, and try to cater that, to that sick person. So even those people, because again, right? We said before, if a person has an obligation, a job, right? Uh, he's a shomer. He's a, cho, he's a chola's attendant. He's, he, right? he's, he's a chosun's attendant, right? All of these people who have an obligation, right? So that is going to make them not chayev, to, to have to go into the sukkah. That's good part of the film sukkah. However, mitzvah doesn't need an entourage. A person who just doesn't, who has a headache, they can handle it on their own. So therefore, who putter, misham shavlo. So that's what we're learning. That it's the most meduic way to learn it. That even though it's true, uh, that, that you don't have to be a chola in order to be putter sukkah, you could also just be a mitzvah, but the chiddush is that, that a chola's, Entourage, so to speak, his caretakers can are potter from sukkah, but a mitzvah does not need such an entourage, and therefore he is his entourage is not going to be potter. They can go and be mekayim sukkah while he right sleeps off his headache. Fine. That is another p'tur, the the mitzvah. Now another p'tur. Ochlin achilas arayichus sukkah. Right, you're only chayv to have achilas kevah in the sukkah. Says the Gemara. Rakam achilas aray. What's the shear? Amar Yosef tarte atlas bay. Well, that sounds kind of fuzzy, right? Three or four kibetzas. So some gears take out. Rashi seems to take out the kibetzas. The art school says that the easiest way to understand this is according to the Machlokas and Ervin that says that it's either three or four eggs, right, kibetzas to establish a kvias suda. That's a very clean way to learn this Gemara because there's a Machlokas, whether it's three or four kibetzas to establish a kvias suda. Well, now you're talking, suda chashuva, right? So now you're talking because whatever is one Kabetza less than that would be the achilas uh, aray, depending on whether you hold three or four. Therefore, that's where we come up with the lashon. Two or three is an achilas aray. That's clean. I like that. Okay. 
However, Amar Le'abai, Ve'alzimnim Sagin, Sagile Le'inish Be'achi, Ve'abalei Sudas Keva. The point here is like this. Some people are, don't have ravenous appetites. Three or four kibetzas sounds like a lot. You could have two kibetzas, or a, even a kibetza, and still be chayev. For some people, that's enough to, right, to consider the kviya suda. So why are we having this massive threshold of three or four kibetzas? Therefore, he, Ela Amar Baye, based off of this, he has a much smaller shear. Amar Baye, kidetayim barbe rav ve'ayelakala. This is an interesting, barbe rav is a yeshiva bachar. Sometimes a yeshiva bachar, he doesn't know. Is the shear going to go on for three, four, five, six hours? So he wants to just have enough energy so he doesn't pass out in the middle of shear. So he chops a quick taste. Less than a kibetza. Something like that. That's a snack on the run. L'kai l'kala is shear. So it's the shear of a snack on the run. That's the shear of Achilles Arai on, according to Abaye on sukkah. What about sleep? So we're going to see. Whereas Abaye is very skimpy with the eating, he's, 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 he's very big on the sleep, as we will see. So fascinating. Achilles Arai, you can eat outside of the sukkah, but you can't take a, a chapa dremel. Why not? My time, Amar Vashi, Gezerah Shema Yeradem, right? If you eat, so with me, there should be a Gezerah. Once you eat a Chilas you're going to eat more. But it's assumed that you can control that. But you can't always control, once you take a little nap, you can't control how long that's going to last. Maybe you're going to really fall, go under. So, Amar Le'abaye, Elohad Etanya, Yashin Adam Shena Sarai, B'Tfilin, Avalo Shena Keva, Le'echo Shema Yeradem. But what about Tfilin? When it comes to Tfilin, we say that a person could sleep Shena Sarai, and we're not worried that he's going to fall under into a deep sleep. So why are we so worried with regards to sukkah, not with regards to tefillin? So I'm Rabbi Yosef Berei, the Rabbi Lai, but Moiser Shinos Well, because in the case of tefillin, we talked about when he had a vecker. He told somebody, wake me. Ay, Matkiflor Rav Misharsha, he wakes up, pun intended, and said, wait a minute, our vecha arbat Yeah, but the vecker needs a vecker. Like, what if the vecker falls asleep? Okay, Rabbi Misharsha, yeah, we see you. That, um, uh, so El Amar Rabbi Barbachan, Amar Biochanan, now, we're talking about when he slept, he was aware of this issue, and therefore he slept in an uncomfortable situation such that if he were to fall into a deep sleep, he would wake himself up, knock his, bang his head against his knee, and so he had like a alarm, a built-in alarm in place. Rava Amar, ain't keval right? Uh, Rava, however, said that there is no fixed minimum for regular sleep. That means that he holds that the threshold for tefillin and sukkah are different, right? Because he's talking about a nap can actually refresh a person, and therefore that is why you cannot sleep in, outside the sukkah, because really we don't know what sleep is. So when, again, in other words, with tefillin, it's a different consideration. With regards to tefillin, right, the, the question is, you're going to be skanios and you're going to not have a gufnaki. So it's not really, are you sleeping, or are you not? It's just, are you going to have a gufnaki or not? So if you have a vecker, you can, you can doze off. That's not the issue. With regards to sukkah, falling asleep is the issue. And therefore, Rav is saying that, no, we just don't want you to fall asleep at all under any circumstances. And that's why in the sukkah, it's asr to have a shenas arai outside of the sukkah. But with tefillin, it's going to be okay because as long as you have gufnaki, then there's no actual inherent problem with falling asleep with tefillin on. That's the point. Okay. Now, Let's talk a little bit about this issue of the tefillin. Tani chada yeshan edam b'tefillin sheinas arai avlo sheinas keva v'tani edach ben keva ben arai v'tani edach lo keva v'lo arai. There's a three of machlokas. Every possibility. Can you right that? Can you only sleep sheinas arai in tefillin? Can you 
can you uh, take a full-on nap with filling on, or can you not take even an aray? So says the Gemara, Lokasha, how do we resolve this? So the case where you can't even hop a dremel, a little nap, is when you're holding the tefillin in your hand and you might drop them. When you're actually wearing the tefillin, right, is the case where you're not allowed to do, we don't want you to fall into a deep sleep, and therefore we don't let you take a nap. But we do, in other words, we don't let you do a deep sleep, but we do let you take a nap. And But when you're really, really tired... Uh, the Chiddush is you're allowed to what? Um, cover your tefillin completely. They're not even on you. And you just what you want to do, you want to take a real, a real solid power nap in the base and you're not worried about going under. So that's the case where you cover the tefillin, put them in its, ba- in its bag or cover it, and then it's okay. So again, all of these scenarios have to do with whether you're wearing the tefillin or whether you're holding the tefillin or whether you're covering the tefillin, and that's going to determine how we're going to let you sleep. But it's all one consideration, which is, are you going to drop the tefillin? Are you going to have a gufnaki? Right? It's all really one halacha with respect to tefillin of whether you're going to be defining them in any way. Okay. So now we're going to say, what's considered uh, our, um, the time it takes to walk 100 amas. So that's not a long time. It's a, less than a minute. Right, even if you, you don't have to do a four minute mile to do me'ama in less than a minute. Okay, it's a very short amount. So let's say a person uh, uh, dozes off in tefillin and then he sees carry. So then, how do you take it off? So you're now your tummy, you're not supposed to hold it by the bottom. So ochaz b'ritzua, as we arrive at Chavav and Bez with a hopeless three minutes to go. It says, ve'ena ochaz You don't stra- grab the straps. Diva Rabbi Yaakov. That's, that's Rabbi Yaakov. Rabbi Yaakov says, I'm sorry. You You grab the strap and you don't grab the tefillin box, as we said. Okay. And Chachamim say that you can take a nap with your tefillin on, but not keva. So this first part of that brisa was just a side point with respect to wearing tefillin and having the carry when you have it. But this really was brought as a support for Rami Bar Yecheskel, right? That Rabbi Yechachamim said that the Sheinas uh, Arai is the Kedei Hiluch Me'ama that Rami Bar Yecheskel had mentioned. Good. Okay. How about sleeping in general? Are you allowed to take naps, everyone? I'm a Rav. We're going to see a contradiction here. Rav said you, it's usher to take a nap during the day. No longer than a sus. Wow. 60 breaths, not a lot. Tiny little nap. That's not a lot of breath, a few minutes. Uh, uh, article is quick to point out, this, has, this is not to do with Shabbos. Shayna b'Shabbos Tanak, the Shabbos nap is intact, you're allowed to do that. Okay, uh, that's Rav. Abaya says, Shinte demar kidirav, that, that Mar's nap was as long as Rav's. Udirav kerebi, udirebi kerebi kerebi David kerebi and David was like a horse, vidisusya shisin nishmi. So basically, right, Mar was like Rav, and Rav was like Rebbe, and everybody, they all took very tiny naps. However, Abaye, Wow, that he would take such a long nap, that the nap that he would take during the day, obviously, uh, he was what? It sounds like he did not hold like Rav with regards to the Shabbos nap. Again, where are, these, where are the sources for these, right? Whether you're allowed to or not allowed to. This sounds like it's um, self-help books, right? Whether it's you're allowed to or not. What's the... What's the source? Abaya used to take gazunta naps. It takes a really long time. 
to walk from Pumbadisa to Beikuvi. Depending on how you calculate a meal, it, it could, might be as, as long as a six, seven hour nap. Okay, so Abayi was big into the naps. To which Kariyale or Yosef, Yosef would say with regards to Abayi, Ad Masai Atzel Tishkov, Masai Tokomishin Osecha. When are you going to wake up, sleepyhead? When are you going to rise from your sleep? So we see, uh, right, that clearly uh, the, that Pasuk he was referring to, Abayi used to be the nap guy. Tanar Abanan, uh, so we're, we're up, we'll pick up here from the Tanar Abanan in the middle of, right, Chavav Amin Beis, finishing off with wearing tefillin um, and, and napping in them, and we'll start with the new Mishnah Bezrat Hashem tomorrow. So,